I would assume that you guys have uh, something similar to the, the heavy-duty flywheel that uh, helps keep that inertia going when you're off-road? So, you said center force, um, and that's where I used to work prior to here. Do I have to bleep that? Do I have to take that out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Don't hang don't. up on me. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no. I'm Donnie, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, the talk show where we talk about all things Jeep, from trail riding to overlanding and everything in between. Now, whether you're new to off-roading or a seasoned veteran, there are certain things you should always keep in mind before you hit the trails. So sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for another great guest right here on the Jeep Talk Show. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Well, quick shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers. We are one third of the way to our 100 Patreon subscriber uh, goal. So uh, if you get any uh, entertainment or information from this show over the past and going on 13 years now, uh, we really would appreciate it uh, if you would mind going over there and becoming a Patreon subscriber. It's uh, $5 a month. Uh, And uh, I'm I'm betting that you get $5 worth a month of entertainment out of the show. Uh, if you don't, of course, you don't have to subscribe, but we'd really appreciate it if you would. You know, you get ad-free content, exclusive content, uh, a Jeep Talk Show sticker, discount codes, and, you know, frankly, the discount codes alone can save you more than what you're spending on uh, on the subscription, and it helps us do much, so much more for you. I want to remind you about Chick Chat. Chick Chat is our newest episode, weekly episode, and I guess I should say bi-weekly because uh, the goal is for us to have a, a, a new Chick Chat episode every other Monday. So every other week, that means you get five episodes a week. Could five episodes a week every week be coming soon? Well, we'll see. Maybe. Uh, I, I think it's pretty cool that we've got uh, Julianne from Wrangler Her and uh, Wendy from uh, Trails uh, 411 uh, doing the uh, Chick Chat episodes, which it is a woman-centric episode and uh, with uh, women guests, but not exclusively women guests and not exclusively women, uh, but uh, women-centric. So uh, we hope you're enjoying that. And uh, it's the, uh, the, the episode of uh, Jeep Talk Show that is completely controlled by female hosts. From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Idaho Jeeper, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and we're going to be talking with Will. Will has been in the clutch industry for over 36 years, uh, known also in the industry as Mr. Clutch. Good Lord, you know, you got to be in the clutch industry if you've been if your name is Mr. Clutch. <laughs> Will has been working with the uh, McLeod Clutches development in their new adventure series clutch line for off-road community. As a Jeep owner himself, an avid wheeler, Will knows what and, uh, and how to design clutches for off-road needs. Will, thanks a lot for uh, for being with us tonight, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. We're doing this on a Friday afternoon, so uh, are you looking forward to a weekend, or are you going to have to be working through the weekend? Sure am. I sure am. Uh, you know, to get over here, I had to fight traffic, but uh, you know, here I am. Kind of, kind of enjoy the weekend, so. Well, you said you were you're in California. Is that where you live? Do you live in California, or are you visiting? Uh, no. So, I live in Prescott, Arizona, so I, I got just the absolute best will and right there in my backyard but mm-hmm. the parent company's here in uh, anaheim california so i come here and i i'll work for you know a couple of weeks out of the month and, or, you know sometimes sometimes a whole month <laughs> but 
right yeah, I'm, I'm here quite a bit yeah you know we were just talking the the jeep talk show team and a few listeners uh, on a recent zoom meeting uh we were talking about I, I keep telling them they keep wanting to go wheeling places these various places and i keep saying i want to go to arizona and they said well yeah there's some good places in arizona and yada 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 yeah uh tons of places tons where's uh where's a good place for uh for off-roaders i mean we don't have uh we don't have uh, buggies you know, we just have, you know, uh, like I've got a 2021 uh, Jeep Talk Show Gladiator uh, 35s, two and a half inch lift, uh, no lockers. So where's a good place to go that's uh, that's fun, that uh, won't get there's me in trouble with the wife for bending something? Uh, yeah, well, you're going <laughs> to have that a little bit. We're obviously a little bit more rocky in certain areas, mm-hmm. but a beautiful country. There's, I, there's so much. Whether you stay down in the Phoenix area, which is hot at this time of year, which you don't want to do, or coming up by us, which is a lot cooler. Uh, you know, we have Smiley Rock. We have, uh, you know, going up to Williams. Prescott itself has got tons and tons of, of, of trails in the Bradshaws and, and Mingus Mountain. There is a really nice trail that goes from Cherry all the way into Jerome. Um, and it's a it's an awesome scenic route with a little bit of challenges here and there. But if you want like a Saturday morning, make that run and then stop in Jerome and go visit Jerome. But what a day trip that is. And, uh, you know, there's there's tons and tons of wheeling. If you want to challenge yourself, go down to Phoenix and come up and do uh, uh, the back way to Crown King, uh, which is also a, uh, a badge of honor trail. Very cool. So uh, you'll probably laugh at me on this, but I whenever uh, I just uh, went to uh, EJS uh, for the first time this year, and I was shocked to find out it's not a park. I, I thought all those trails and stuff was like in a park or something, and it's just it's open land. It's it's huge. Mm-hmm. Is this what uh, what you're talking about? The same type of thing in Arizona? You just go out there? Uh, and yeah, yeah. You can you obviously pick any type of uh, trails that you want they're usually on all the various maps that you want but mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like that i mean miles and miles and miles of trails yeah i was really surprised that some of those uh those uh uh badge uh, badge trails were 30 miles away yeah. from from moab and i was like holy crap this isn't a park this is huge so yeah, huge. uh it was a learning experience uh so i mentioned to you before we started uh, the the interview i've got a uh, an xj and i've been working on the xj for a long time the most recent mm-hmm. thing i did to it was uh, putting an atlas in it because i kept stretching the damn chain uh in the <laughs> the 241 that was in there and uh, i've never been able to really take it off road because it gets hot while driving on the highway so right. the only way i was going to be able to take it anywhere is is to uh, trailer it or, or tow it in some manner uh so i'm uh, with uh with purchasing the gladiator i'm actually able now to drive places go wheeling and drive back home so it's kind of new to me and it's a lot of fun uh to do so yeah it's uh one of those things i'm learning going from big difference going from the xj to the gladiator yeah Uh, oh and 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 uh and speaking of that what uh, you're an avid uh uh, off-roader i'm hoping you're not going to tell me you're you're driving a brand new bronco or anything i'm not (laughs) you know i've been in them uh, my, my Brad from trail recon, I've, I've been in his and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice piece. It, it really is. Uh, however, it's just, it's not for me. Um, you know, I'm a manual guy and I'm a power guy, so you can only get the Bronco with the 2.3 and a manual, not the two seven, the powerhouse. So, uh, no, I drive a 2017 JK is what I drive. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's funny is when I bought that thing, you know, I seen everybody putting the, tents on them i'm like there's that is just the dumbest thing ever <laughs> uh, you know you see a jeep up there with, with a tent on it it's like 
how stupid, you know, like who, who's going to do that? And then you do it one time and it's like, got him, you know, I was hooked. So now I'm that guy that I was making fun of. I've got the Jeep, you know, I've got the tent on my, my Jeep. I've got the, I travel around the cooler and, and my, you know, all cooking gear and everything else. So I'm that full on overlander now. And I absolutely love it. That is the best thing ever. Yep. Well, you're taking your taking your room with you wherever you go. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only downside to that, uh, other than the expense, is the uh, shift of center of gravity. Has that given you any issues with the with the the tent? I'm assuming it's a up high tent. It is, uh, and you definitely feel it. It's 140 pounds, and uh, you know, I used to drive when I was younger. I had the truck and camper, so you'd feel the sway. You know, mm-hmm. first thing I noticed with that thing is like, woof, woof. Yeah, you definitely feel it. Uh, but you know, I you want to run a wider tire. If you go up, go out. Mm-hmm. Always go out for the stability. So that's what I did. So. Are you running the uh, the stock axles on the JK, or have you already swapped those out as well? Funny thing is, is that's one of the things that's new to McLeod. Is one of the things we're working on is axles, and that's what oh. we're running. That's what we're running. So um, not completely out there yet, but that's we've been playing with that. So when you say new to McLeod, uh, now is this something from a uh, a known manufacturer or completely from the ground up y'all's design? Uh, it's not. Uh, it's something we're having built. We can't. You know, we're not building it in house, but the design is being built and uh, sourced outside of of the the facility there. So it's staying staying in the U.S. But uh, yeah, something I've been playing with because I you know this is what I do. This is what I love. So. Uh, you know, I know I know the weak areas of the Jeeps, and so for you know designing a new axle, well, it's just secondhand nature for me. Well, I, I jumped on the website before we started talking here, and I was really surprised to see that you guys carry transmissions. I mean, I'm used to yeah. seeing body, especially it's a clutch company. Okay, good, they've got clutches, they've got a whole clutch thing, but they also have a, a drive. I mean, you have a drive line section. So now I'm oh, even yeah. more impressed to find out that you're going to have axles. And I say, you don't have them yet. You're working on the line, right? Yeah, it's still still under under development, but that's you asked about it. And wow, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so so what else are you doing underneath the Jeep? Um, there's other things coming uh, that uh, is going to be pretty cool, and I'm hoping to release it uh, this year. Um, and, and, you know, the owner, Paul Lee, um, he's so great. Uh, you know, being so, you know, he's a drag racer. Um, and so here you got this off-road guy coming in and, uh, you know, I always tease him about, you know, my Jeep's going to beat your funny car at any time, you know, <laughs> you know, but, uh, my, my Jeep has to do more than go straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you want to race? Fine. I pick the trail. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, we're, we're, you know, clutches, hydraulics, transmissions, bell housings, um, you know, even automatic stuff we have. So. Uh, between all three companies, that's one of Paul's visions was having a complete driveline company. Um, and, you know, uh, in the clutch industry, we know that's a dying market. Uh, there's still a lot of market out there, don't get me wrong, uh, but it is still a dying market. Um, so, you know, he, he owns, there's there's four companies that's under the, uh, it's the Wharton brand, and that's the parent company that owns McLeod, FTI, uh, transmissions, Silver Sport transmissions, which is the, the Tremec transmissions, where that comes from, mm-hmm. um, and then PTT, which is powertrain technologies. So there's, there's, you know, I mentioned FTI, yeah, and obviously McLeod. So, 
four different clusters, four, four different companies under that. So, to come. so don't let me, don't make me t- t- talk about something you can't talk about. But what about uh, transfer cases? Is is that part of we what you're looking that. at? So FTI has that. Uh, that's the automatic side of the fence, and that's called the sniper gearbox, and it's a pretty neat gearbox. And I got really excited when I came on board and I started looking around. I was like, "What do they have? What do they have?" You know, and uh, I saw the. I saw it's an all billet box, you know, and um, I got so excited. I'm like, oh, I know exactly where we can use this. I want to do this here and do this there. Unfortunately, the only part is is that it's um, it's for, it's full time four wheel drive. So it's either higher or either we can go two wheel drive or four wheel drive, but we don't have the high and low yet. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got excited about. But it was built for all your uh, your mud racing uh, monster truck stuff, guys. That's what they run. Uh, uh-huh. Dennis Anderson. Uh, runs our big box. It's at the fort from 16 inches wide up to four feet wide. So, yeah, there is transfer cases there. Um, whether or not we ever decide to go and do a high and low, like an Atlas, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that becomes a little complex. So, but they're there. That's really interesting. So uh, we're talking about uh, the the clutch, the uh, bell housing, all all the whole clutch uh, stuff there, not just the clutch, uh, the pressure plate, uh, yeah. flywheel. Uh, you guys flywheel. carry flywheels as well. So uh, I didn't know about the the heavy duty flywheels, uh, which was just a I thought a brilliant idea until we had center force on here. So I would assume that you guys have. Uh, something similar to the, the heavy-duty flywheel that uh, helps keep that inertia going when you're off-road? So, you said center force, um, and that's where I used to work prior to here. Do I have to bleep I that? Was... Do I have to take that out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Don't hang know. up on me. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no. Um, you know, it is what it is. I spent 34 years of my life at center force prior to coming to the cloud. Um, and when we were over there, and obviously my Jeep at the time was one of the guinea pigs for uh, McLeod, or uh, excuse me, Center Force. Um, and when Jeep went to that 3.6 engine, it killed it. That's, you know, that straight six had so much bottom end torque. And people are saying, yeah, but, but the 3.6 has more power. It does have more power, but in the upper RPM zone. Mm-hmm. We're living down here. And peak power is in the upper RPM zone. So right. that bottom and torque was, was gone. So there's, you know, there, there's a way to achieve bottom and torque and pull the engine to thinking it's a larger displacement. And that's putting more mass on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was a center force, that's, that's where the idea came from. Uh, so when I went over, when we came over to McLeod, it was like, hey, we got to do this. Because at the time, McLeod was not really into the off-road scene at all so this really you know opened the door uh for some of the ideas i had in working with the engineers that were already there and we were like hey can we build this and i'd love to be able to do that and they're like absolutely so we we did the same thing made a couple changes and it's called the max mass flywheel mm-hmm. that makes so sense. It, it does the same thing so it, it fools the engine to thinking it's a larger displacement so the weight of the vehicle doesn't pull or pull the engine down and that's what's happening you know, all of us overlanders, you know, uh, we put more and more things on top of it, in it, everything else. And, you know, my Jeep itself weighs 5,600 pounds fully loaded. So all I did was put, put a lot of weight on it. And you're going to take off from a dead stop or hit an obstacle. And the weight of the vehicle is what pulls the engine down. Right. So when you put a lot of mass on the back of the crank 
you have energy and it's spinning. So now when you let the clutch out, the engine thinks it's just a large displacement. So it's harder for the weight of the vehicle to pull the engine down. And that's that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so you can you go you can go from the the clutch uh, all the way to the transmission. Uh, what about drive shafts? Are you guys doing anything with drive shafts? We we do have drive shafts through Silver Sport. Uh, it has that absent, uh, ability to build any drive shaft you want. Mm-hmm. So you guys so, really are pretty much uh, other than the the engine. You guys really are uh, taking over the drivetrain underneath the Jeep. Yeah, that's, and that's what we want to do. And and. And that's the way you have to think about the whole thing. You know, when you design a clutch, you have to think about it from the front to the back. Mm-hmm. You know, and every time you push that clutch in, what are you trying to do? Well, you're trying to push your crank out in front of the block. So thrust bearing. So how much load we're putting on that bearing and uh, and the crank itself, you know, thrust bearings. And everything that goes back, you know, with springs and as far as dampening and everything else, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not just holding power. Because, number one, Jeep does it's Jeep's performance is not... Uh, on the street, its performance is off road. Right. So go off wheeling. That's where that's where the performance of the Jeep just takes off, or any off road vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now you guys, uh, and correct me on this if if, uh, if I'm saying this wrong, but you guys aren't just for Jeep off roads, right? I mean, you do no. have other vehicles, other off road vehicles that you guys uh, support. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much everything out there that's off road. Yes. Are you not the new Bronco? <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's and, and I, I like I like giving the Bronco uh, a hard time, but it's just not. I, I don't have a problem with it, other than it's not a Jeep. The only thing I'm interested yeah. in is a Jeep, <laughs> and you know, so it's just it's not a Jeep, and and it does yeah. irritate me that these so-called Jeepers are getting all excited about Broncos because are you a Jeeper? I mean, yeah, switch over and over to Bronco. It's just like if you want to do Toyotas, do Toyotas, but uh, we have to. Yeah, that's that's what's out there. Yeah. No, no, no. I understand from a business standpoint, 100%, but I'm just talking about somebody, if, if they're a Jeeper, you know, be a Jeeper. <laughs> I mean, be interested in other things, of course, but uh, so uh, to each their own. I've, I've got a buddy that has a graphic shop and uh, he's got a Bronco, but he's he's pushing a lot of graphics for the Bronco. So I understand. But the thing he takes yeah. off road is his Gladiator. So, uh, yeah. Um, so l- let me let me ask you this. Um, on, yeah. the, on those axles that you guys are working on, and again, if you can't talk much about this, I, I understand. You can just say pass. Uh, what are you guys doing for gears? Like if, uh, I mean, somebody buys the, the axles and they want to change the gears, are they like, is it like Dana 44 gears or is it? It's all Dana 44 at this point in time. Okay. So it's a heavy, heavy wall tubing, larger tubing, because, you know, obviously I know the issues with the, the JK. It's, it's Mine's a, a recon edition. It's supposed to have the heavier axle tubing, mm-hmm. but I've already been it, and I don't even jump it. So <laughs> um, it doesn't take much. Right. Um, so, and in the, all the brackets, you know, they're on a the stock housing is eighth inch, but we went to a quarter inch. And, and the axle tube itself is three sixteenths of a, thick and it's over three inches in diameter but everything that we're wanting to do with that is for strength you know without also not you know we don't want to break break the someone's you know bank you know piggy bank but uh trying to do it as best as we can i mean running 60s and everything else that's just that's something that i don't need and i think the mass is if there if somebody needs something really heavy duty like that well you have curry and you have other you know terraflex and everybody else that that does stuff and and again there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there so you know but that's what we're looking at 
So when I got the Gladiator, I went with the the Max tow package, uh, and a lot of that was to get uh, well uh, for the towing, obviously. But I really liked the idea of getting the heavy duty um, uh, Dana forty four axles with the thicker tubes because the, the, anyway, everything I read it said it was the the Rubicon uh, axles uh, without the lockers. Um, it, what kind of how does how does that compare on the Gladiator? The Gladiator forty four is front and rear. How does that compare with the 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 axles that you guys are working it's a, on it's a bigger it is a bigger axle it's a bigger tube so definitely anytime you go out in diameter you actually strengthen that that housing substantially mm-hmm. as far as the the housing wanting to do this um you know without having to put a gusset in there right um, depends on what you're doing if you're jumping the thing and doing all kinds of stuff like that you better God, put no. something in there that, that's capable of doing that yeah no for me God, i'm no. just over i'm overloaded um quite honestly mm-hmm. you know so how does how does your the the axles that you guys are coming out with how does that compare with the the Max Toe or the Rubicon axles that uh, Jeep has? Is that you guys are doing heavier duty than that? Yeah, it, it's like I said, that's still a small diameter tube, and we're going a bigger diameter tube. Ah, okay. Tube. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah. So everything about it's beefier, uh, but you know we're not quite there yet. We're still. We're still working with the but, clutches. But I like what you're doing there because, well, you know, and you know why uh, they're doing yeah. the smaller diameter tubes because it's lighter and you get a, a 16th of a mile per gallon more because <laughs> it's a little yeah. lighter. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to add weight, that is the that is the Oh, absolutely. To, yeah. Uh, you know, the, to, like you said, we talked about the center of gravity. If you can bring more of that down, it, sta- it helps stabilize the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have any plans for uh, body armor? Not body armor, but uh, it's like skid plates and stuff? Maybe. <laughs> I like the way you guys are going. This is really cool. So, yeah, yeah you mentioned being at Center Force for a number of years, uh, and, and I was very impressed. I've, uh, I've had uh, Center Force on the show a couple of times. I was very impressed with their, with their product and the knowledge that uh, was over there, and uh, you've been a large part of getting them to that point. Uh, I mean, if you've been there that long... Surely yeah. you weren't slacking for 36 years. No, I, I wouldn't say no. Uh, yeah. I'm trying not to be a slacker over here either. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the uh, one of the things that I spoke with uh, Center Force about, and I want to ask you to get your opinion on this, and uh, uh, is the, the issues that Jeep is having with uh, the, well, it's actually, I was going to say the JL, but it's actually both uh, the JL and the, uh, the Gladiator with uh, the, uh, the clutches blowing up. Uh, and uh, I, I thought a good, a quick fix would be uh, a uh, uh, what is it? What, what are those blankets called that you put on the bell housing so it oh, the, the stuff doesn't yeah. come into you know for the for the, the drag yeah, racers? Yeah, <laughs> a ballistic uh, blanket. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a blanket. <laughs> they do it on the automatic stuff, but yeah, that's what it is. It's, a, it's an explosion bl- blanket. And, yeah. Uh, Probably not a bad idea for a stock Jeep. <laughs> but that's know, horrible. I mean, but you know, Jeep has been doing, uh, they've been doing uh, standard transmissions for years. What the hell happened? I, I mean, I know you don't work for Jeep, but just based on what you've seen. They just went completely the other, I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, number one, wrong thing, put a twin disc in a, in a Jeep. We've been using single disc from the beginning of time. And there's not a Jeep out there that's really overpowered in stock form, a single disc. Even the small, you know, the hot little small blocks, you know, we still run a single single disc clutch in it. Mm-hmm. And this little 3.6 that makes 200 and whatever horsepower, 85, 65, foot pounds of torque, um, you know, 10 and a half inch clutch would do that all day long. Um, and they put a twin 8 inch clutch in there. And where they, 
screwed up is the floater is cast iron, gray cast iron. And, and I can tell you a little bit about where the issues are if you want to hear them. Sure, absolutely. Um, so the JK ran a, uh, like my ear, ran a, a three-quarter inch master cylinder. So when we talk master cylinders, we're talking about fluid flow. So a three-quarter moves a lot more fluid. So down below, the mechanism down below is still the same. So it's still using the same fork between the JK and the JL. But they're running that little clutch. And so they want to, by running, they went and switched to a 5-8 master on the JL. So that means less fluid transfer from master to slave. So the slave is still the same between the two. JK and the JL. Master changes, so that it means you have less fluid flow from master to slave cylinder. That means the fork moves less. However, the clutch that they use doesn't require a lot of movement. So that's what they did is they put a smaller master in. But the problem is, is that clutch is a hit and miss on how they work. But it's the ones that I played with, um, some released good, some didn't. And that's part of the problem is... Uh, trying to get that thing to move in the very first if you if you this is kind of a long thing but if you talk about the very first recall that jeep had you know what it was there's a vacuum line or the the feed line from the reservoir to the master and that wasn't sealed so what was happening is it was sucking air <laughs> okay, the other thing was was the main line that goes from the you're laughing at this, right? Yeah, it's just insane. I mean, this sounds like quality control didn't wouldn't wouldn't do in their job. It's all it's all just you know whatever they just missed the boat. the The hard line, part of the hard line, from the master to the slave. Well, what happened is there's the soft line of it from basically the body to the transmission. Well, that was the wrong material they used. So what was happening is when you push a clutch in, it was ballooning. Oh God. The rubber in so you were even though your pedal moved the full stroke what was happening is a lot of fluid was just expanding the line mm -hmm. and not releasing the clutch that was the first recall so they fixed those two issues so they went to a more rigid uh clutch line so now it, it prevented the, the expansion so now they were getting more fluid flow to and from but still had an issue with that cast iron clutch and like I said, some of those are hit and miss with the stock external slaves, just plastic. Um, and it, I just, they, they absolutely, they suck. They're just cheap. I hate them. Um, you know, I had it in my own Jeep. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Some work good, some don't. The spring tension inside of them is what's changed. Some of them have great spring tension and they work good. Some of them don't. The other issue is, is when you put it in, if you miss the end of the fork, slides off that first time you pump it it extends out and blows the hydraulics up now you got to buy another one or they leak you know so that was the problem that they're having and then the new jeep uses a a plastic bearing instead of a cast iron so the if you remember like all the jk's from 07 to 18 that that bearing rattle noise right well, I had that in mind. So the first thing we did is, okay, we've got to do an internal bearing. That's, you know, and Jeep had a bad, bad rap with internal bearings. However, they were just cheap hydraulics. Today's hydraulics are a lot better. So that's what we used, basically a, 
uh, a copy of like a, a Mustang bearing, which we know works. It's a big bearing, and that's what we want. So we want a big bearing. The bearing speed, so speed slows down, so we got longevity. Sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly what we want. So I took that design on the JK, did that, and that eliminated that bearing route. We have now have that as well. So, uh, but on the JL, what Jeep did is they put a plastic bearing in there to try to muffle that noise. However, it's just two little plastic clips that clip into the fork. Well, those break easily, and it still will rattle and make noise. So, <laughs> it, it's just the whole thing was just. Well, you, you know, clutch technology has been around for a long time. I, I don't understand why they're having this problem. It, it seems, I mean, is is clutch, uh, is clutch technology going backwards? Uh, it, it just... It got too complicated. It, they, they put too much stuff in there. And then, like I said, that twin disc that's limited on release because of the 5.8 master right. is a problem. Now, change that master out. That's a pain in the butt. Um, you know, where I worked before, we messed around with that, messed around with that. And I know that's what they're doing now. But the problem with that master is on the side, it actually, that's it's got a, a magnet switch. So you have to push clutch all the way down to start it. All the way out is also what, what controls your cruise control. If that is off just a millimeter, it doesn't work. You can't start it or the cruise control doesn't work. <laughs> oh, that's just so frustrating. That was it was a struggle and struggle and struggle. So when I came over to McLeod, I was like, I don't I wanna um you know, I worked with the engineers and we said we gotta design something that will work with the stock master. Mm-hmm. And when I came over, it was like, Oh, you guys have this, oh you guys have that. Oh yeah, oh my god, this would have solved this problem. This was and that's my mind just started woo mm-hmm. getting excited like a little kid, you know, it was like, Oh, we can fix this, we can fix this. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, so what you're saying is, every time uh, some company does a interview and they say we need you to hit the ground running, that was that was literally true for you. <laughs> well, they were super cool. Uh, they knew it was going to take some time. I was doing some stuff, and uh-huh. uh, you know, there, there there was an adjustment period, and I went through that. And now, now I'm in good with the guys. You know, we're all we're all pretty good friends, and. We work together and you know well i'm sure there's some trust issues too because oh here's this guy coming in here and uh what does he really know and yeah, yeah what they gotta fill you out co- yeah and, and that's how i kind of felt like hey is he is he coming here to steal ideas and, <laughs> and go back and, and, but no that wasn't the case so yeah well this I sounds my center for his family but uh yeah no that wasn't gonna go back over there yeah and, and, well actually you were telling me uh you got several uh, family members uh, that still work for center force <laughs> right and my in-laws own it, so yeah. Yeah, and you don't want them. Uh, you don't <laughs> want them going under for obvious reasons. <laughs> no, I don't, uh, because my wife works there, and that's the other half of my income. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't want that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish them all the best. However, you know. Well, they, that kind of brings me back to the whole Bronco thing I was talking about. Uh, the Bronco uh, with Ford coming out with the Bronco, they did a great thing for Jeepers because we got a V8 and a Wrangler for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> well, first time in a long yeah. time, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, it, so competition is good. Uh, the feeding off the, the competition good. back and forth. Yeah. Um, and we're we're pretty friendly. I still hang out with a lot of those guys. So you know there are jeepers out there, or, or people that feel that jeeps should have uh, standard transmissions in them. I don't see that there's a way for them to get a standard transmission jeep in the JL or JT platform right now because of this crap fest that's going on with the the the, the whole clutch system that Jeep is using. It sounds like to me you got to buy a brand new uh, Gladiator or JL JLU 
and put a, another uh, clutch system in it. Is, is that your? You do. One hundred percent. Don't even mess around with the stock stuff. Yeah. Um, regardless of what you run, if you run a you know our our clutch or someone else's, um, first thing I would do is out with that thing because mm-hmm. it's it's just not it's just a matter of time. And there's too many moving components. You know, the pivot fork is a pivot ball. It's plastic. <laughs> the fork is plastic, or the the the, the bearing is plastic, amazing. and it's yeah. it's wearing against steel. Right. And everything starts to wear out. So when you lose that geometry inside of it, it starts taking more more travel. And that's what's happening with the JL. Is they work fine right at first, yeah. but all these wear points they start wearing because you're wearing it's plastic versus steel. So the geometry geometry changes, mm-hmm. right? And you got a five eighths master. Remember that five eighths master only. We'll just say it only travels that far, okay? And that's what that clutch needs. As everything wears, it starts only going this far, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is now you're not getting a full release at the clutch, and it's slipping, generating heat, right. overheating the clutch, right? And that's what's happening, and that's why. I, you know, I say get rid of all the hydraulics. And that's why, you know, when we, when I went to McLeod and they had this piece. That's this pretty. Is what we're, this is what we're using in the JL. So I can, we can maintain the same travel every single time you press the clutch. But we have, now, I, now this particular bearing provides more travel than the stock OE system. And that's when, when I came over, it's like, ah. Oh, needed that mm-hmm. there's a big answer uh to the to the puzzle and and that's you know the jl's just it's just riddled with a lot of little issues and so when we can get rid of the little issues that's what we do and and they didn't start happening you mentioned the jk a couple of times it didn't just start happening with the jl's there were issues uh with the the clutch systems and the jk's as well yeah the clutch system with the jk it used that little narrow ribbon Clutch, what I call it's only the friction area is about that wide, mm-hmm. and it was a non-steel back lining. And what happens? JKs were notorious for creating what we call a bird's nest out of the clutch. What happened is the excuse me, uh, the facing comes apart because you know when we're on the trail, we hit an obstacle, we start riding that clutch a little bit, so we start generating heat. Right, and, and that material, that stock OE material, which is crap, and it disintegrates, comes apart. You're stuck on the trail. You got a bird's nest in the the the, the bell housing itself. So that's why, like on our all the McLeod stuff, um, it's all steel back line to help prevent that. Just because of the experience, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time. I know where the pitfalls are, and so you're working here. It's like okay, I want steel back linings, you know, internal hydraulic bearing, and this is this is a rebuildable bearing. Is that mm-hmm. so that's why we're doing all of that different things to to address. And and try to fix the issues that were there from the Jeep from the get go. Now there was something that I learned uh, while doing the show. It had never uh, dawned on me. Uh, but you can't. Uh, you're not supposed to, to disengage the clutch when you're going through water because it can shatter. I was. It makes sense because if it's hot and you put it in something that's cold, is there on a JL? Any, I'm sorry. On a JL, yeah. Oh, I thought it was on any. Uh, it didn't matter if it was TJ or JK or whatever. No, regardless, it's getting wet. If you <laughs> so, you have a flywheel, a disc, and a pressure plate. Uh-huh. 
everything's sandwiched together. Right. Okay. Whether you open it up or not, and it's hot, anytime you, you flash water to something that's hot, it's not going to like it. Nodular iron, uh, the pressure plate, and the flywheel, um, you know, our flywheels are steel billet, uh, and we run a ductile iron or nodular iron pressure plate, so it's going to withstand that type of shock. Mm -hmm. The stock JL uses the cast iron. It's gray iron. So as soon as it, you see any type of heat, or especially when you flash it with something cold, it just crystallizes and explodes it. That because of the floater. Ah, okay. Well, that was because I was going to ask: Is there some way to get around that? And it sounds like to me that because it, 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 I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't off road, but I certainly did a lot of things in my car that weren't, you know, when you're a kid, you do all kinds of things: drive it fast, slip the clutch, it gets hot, and then you you go through some water, and it didn't blow up on me. <laughs> so no, I was confused. Keep, keep in mind where the clutch is running operational wise temperature. So in normal driving situations, the clutch is actually cooler than the engine temperature. Even though it's connected, mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's cooler. Okay, and you can flash it. You know, if you slip it, it's going to flash like that. It's just like brakes. You know, same type of deal. So you right. can flash it and get it to a, to a higher temperature. However, it's spinning inside. As long as it has the ability to have air coming in and going out, you're going to cool it down. I wouldn't say slip it on a rock and go drive it in water to cool it down. That's not something I would... Right. Yes, it do. So, but uh, no, I mean it's 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 okay. You're only talking a couple hundred degrees. Yeah. So uh, it, most, it really clutches, it really isn't an issue then. I mean the the shattering the the clutch or any a part of that uh, clutch sandwich, you you really don't have to worry about it shattering unless you have the JL, which is the cast iron, is what you're telling like, me. Yeah. That 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 one is prone. It doesn't like to see a a, a drastic heat change. Right. Uh, and that's why, like, on when you see, like, a puck style or something of that nature um, running against cast iron, that's just, a, that's just an absolute no-no. Because when you're, and I'll, I'll give you a little analogy. Take the palm of your hand, put a little bit of force on it, just take about a foot section on a carpet and run it across. Mm -hmm. There's some heat there. Do the same thing with fingertips. All of a sudden, that same amount of pressure is concentrated to your fingertips. You can do that with your fingertips. I know that all of us uh, kids have done that before. Have dragged our feet, our fingers across the carpet. Instant hot. Mm -hmm. Flash hot. But when you're on a puck style, you're doing the same type of thing. The same analogies happen. But well, things heat up really fast. So having having a clutch, especially the something that's got a lot of mass to it, you know, uh, it's going to pull the heat away from that, that disc itself. And we're going to dissipate that heat and try to get it get it get it away from that clutch itself. But you know, that's what you want to do is get that that heat away from the clutch, and that's why sure. you want as much iron or steel in there to that. The flywheel's job is to to obviously harness the the power, but it also is to pull the heat out of the, the clutch disc itself because mm -hmm. the the pressure plate is going to be the hottest of of the two because it doesn't have the same amount of mass that the flywheel does so if you ever look at a clutch you always you always notice that the pressure plate side wears more than the flywheel side it's like why is that wearing more well that's because it's running hotter and, mm -hmm. and heat has always been the number one killer of every clutch out there i don't care what kind of clutch it is heat is the number one killer now, something I kind of learned the hard way, I mentioned to you before we started recording, uh, the old, uh, my first vehicle, I replaced the, the clutch 12 times. 
and uh, <laughs> it, the, literally replacing yeah li, re, literally replacing the clutch about the first nine times just the clutch just the clutch disc because I didn't know that you needed to uh, either rough up the flywheel uh, or replace the uh, the pressure plate because you know the clutch discs were for a sixteen year old it, it was I mean they were like fifteen bucks so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a big deal it's just like you know four hours of my time of course the first time it was twelve hours but it got down to four hours after <laughs> a while <laughs> and uh, but then I realized and I, th- I think it was and, and listeners have heard this story before I was uh, coming home uh, from uh, from high school and all of a sudden I couldn't uh, engage the clutch. Because the throwout bearing had pushed through the fingers of the pressure plate, because <laughs> I never changed it. <laughs> yeah, and it probably was preloaded a little bit. So I had to learn how to shift without a, uh, without a clutch. Uh, I had to do the, the, the old uh, synchronization my, um, my, myself and start it in first gear and uh, drive it home like that. But I made it home. Yeah. It was fun. So uh, do, do whenever you go to replace the, uh, the clutch, because, you know, the, the clutch starts sliding. In my mind, it's so much work. You might as well just change the whole thing. Change everything while you're there. Yeah. Um, and that's why even I say, like, on the JK guys um, – or any any of them, you know, the pivot point. Look at every pivot point on that 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 inside the bell housing. Mm-hmm. The pivot ball, really pretty inexpensive. Change it. Yes. The fork, pretty inexpensive. Change it because there's a little point that's sitting there, you know, and it's wearing. And what happens is it wears, right? And and so it loses tension. Geometry is so key to mechanical linkage um, clutches mm-hmm. that that everything was designed to have be at a certain angle. In a certain geometry so when you lose all that and it diminishes even thousands inside of a bell housing will will completely change how that clutch works sure but it doesn't take a lot so and it's as that clutch wears that geometry is changing so when you already start off and the geometry is already off and then as it wears it just gets worse and worse and worse sure so uh you mentioned uh, I, i'm not aware of all the issues with the jk other than i've heard about the rattle before uh, yeah. So, is everything that you guys sell, uh, the clutch kits that you sell for the JK, do they do all of them take that into account and will solve that rattling issue? Only when you change the bearing. So, our clutches will work the stock OE bearing, um, you know, the stock mechanical linkages. But that's what I'm saying. If you're going to keep it that way, that's fine, but change everything. And then uh, the JK, if we go to that one, it's got, and I don't have a bearing here, um, but it's got two clips that clip into the fork. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a clutch a long time. It's a little difficult to put that, line those two those two uh, clips into the fork and then get it to go. It's actually easy to tweak them and then put it right in. <laughs> Unfortunately, what happens is now the bearing is loose on the fork and we want it tight. And that's, that's one of the areas that start the rattle. Okay. So, I, like I say, having proper tension on everything uh, the jk its first recall the pivot ball to try to eliminate the rattle was error putting a spacer behind the pivot ball to load the bearing more well it was there's everything else that's a problem and it's the same if you remember in the beginning of our conversation i talked about that slave cylinder the external slave that spring tension and all of those was different mm-hmm. so that's what's loading everything as well so it's it's not just one particular thing that's doing it but it's a multitude of everything. And when everything wears, now everything's really loose and sloppy. And if you got a diaphragm finger, that's uneven. So imagine the, you got your bearing running, right? You got your fingers right here. 
and it's coming against it. And if you got one that's, if the bearing's running out as it's spinning, it's doing this and it starts rattling this, the, the bearing itself. And that's the noise that you're hearing. So if somebody wanted to do a clutch replacement, it's time to do a clutch replacement and I want to get rid of that rattling, what would they do as far as uh, the, they, the stuff that you guys sell? But we designed, developed a, a new internal bearing for the JK from 07 to 18 JK. And I don't have that bearing here, but yeah, that, so it uses an adapter. It's the bearing mm -hmm. and it, has, it comes out and it's, it's very similar to these lines here. So this is the same block off plate. You know, there's only one line. But it comes out and it connects to this little elbow just like the factory slave does so this i don't know if you can see this but it plugs in here and then this line here goes right to the factory line and then here's your bleeder right here i don't know if you can see all that but yeah i can unfortunately so nice our listeners can't but I'll, I'll tell them real quick you will be able to see this on uh, youtube and on our patreon the, the video will be available there so that's uh, that's how we it's get you yeah it's a nice clean install but that's what we run internal bearing uh it's that uh the bearing is huge like i talked about but that was a fully compensating bearing but what i mean by that is uh as the clutch wears it compensates for it always moving mm -hmm. so because as as dire as as you the clutch wears the diaphragm fingers start moving closer and closer to the transmission so that's when you talk about air gap and you know setting the bearing up well with the fork it change when, when you have a mechanical link it just starts changing all its angles and that geometry changes, so now it starts taking more travel to release. And with the bearing that's sitting right in front of the clutch, it doesn't care. It doesn't care about geometry because it's just going in and out. It's just only going one direction. Oh, interesting. So as, as, as the clutch wears, it wears to it, but it's got plenty of travel backwards or wear. So regardless what it wears, and we're running a big bearing, and that's, again, life, longevity. And I've got about on this... This particular one I have, I've been driving that Jeep so much lately. Uh, I think I've got about 25,000 hard miles on this clutch setup right now. That's in my Jeep. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Um, any plans on upgrading the, the JK to a JL or a, maybe even a Gladiator? Me? Yeah. Um, you know, I like it. My buddy Blair bought the J, the 392, and that's probably the only way I want to go. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it comes with an automatic. And, uh, you but know, you guys could fix that. Oh, we did actually, uh, <laughs> on the FTI site, uh, on the side of the fence of automatic, we have a new converter for those. Um, but the JL has other issues. They all do. Um, I'm a, I'm a power junkie, man. Oh yeah. Um, and so for me to get in the Jeep and, and I do talk a lot of trash about the power or lack thereof mm -hmm. the Jeep. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel I can do it because I own, um, uh, yeah, I uh, I'm so close to a Hemi swap. It's not funny. Yeah, uh, it just uh, just it'd be so much fun. We uh, one of my uh, one of the JT uh, JTS team members has a 392, and I followed him up to uh, Easter Jeep Safari, and he would always try to leave my ass, and I was just wrapping that 36 to keep up with him. And I, yeah. he didn't get that far in front of me. Now I don't I don't know how much he was uh, how hard he was pushing it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I put a 327 in that um, that 72 uh, Ventura that had the yeah. the Muncie four speed and you know all that all, all that old stuff, and uh, it was great. I loved it. And one of the reasons why I got out of uh, cars and stuff uh, was because uh, somebody was going to die. I wasn't, but somebody was going <laughs> to die. It was just too much fun with the with the power. 
and it's even yeah. more so now. I mean, they're they're. I mean, the three twenty seven was a was a very nice engine, and you could get you know three hundred horsepower out of it, and that's nothing for just factory cars these days. Well, I mean, the Jeep's right there, but it's just at the upper RPM zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that, like, I think you mentioned that earlier. That was the great thing about the 4.0, the the, the, the torque being down in low yeah. RPM, which is, which is great for off-road. But I think that uh, we, we talk about on the show that probably 3 to 5% is all the, the people that actually take their Jeeps off-road. So I guess uh, the Jeep is doing, again, what they're, they're with the right yeah. audience. So I don't think uh, a Jeep fanatic you know, like us, we're, we're, we're ever going to steer away from it. I mean, the Jeep, the JL, JT, whatever got its issues but you know if, if you're a manual guy that's, that's what you're gonna that's what you like you know mm-hmm. i think both automatic and manual they both have their advantages and disadvantages uh, for me i love the manual um especially like on you know because i'm like i got smiley rock right by me um and i don't know if you, you can look that up it's in right there i mean it's literally 15 minutes from my house but i just put my jeep in first gear let the clutch out and I can just, because of that high inertia flywheel that we have, the max mass, uh, I can just let that thing idle and creep. And I don't even have to touch the throttle. And I can, I'm climbing, you know, two foot boulders each way. And I'm more worried about, you know, smashing the, you know, the rock panels or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing about a uh, manual. So when you go up and over an obstacle, the manual controls it as it goes up, but also, more importantly, controls it as it comes down. Ah, uh, of course. So yes. Sense. Yeah. But we're an automatic. You come up and over, and it, and, and it almost freewheels, right? Yeah. And so it comes over, and now you got to worry about hitting a body panel or a bumper, mm-hmm. where the manual controls it. Yeah, because you're, 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 yeah, you're, you're tied yeah. to the engine, uh, the engine RPM. Yeah. Uh, and now, the new JLs, they have that, that, that ability. Yeah, hill hill descent control is is what it is on my Gladiator, uh, which is just freaky to me. <laughs> it just all, I hear all that braking going on. Is just this doesn't sound good, <laughs> but yeah, it does work. But yeah, this is kind of the more of the purest uh, side of things, I believe. And to to me, uh, a Jeep just should be a uh, a standard transmission. So uh, unfortunately, uh, that wasn't an option for me when I got the Gladiator because when you get the tow pack, the Max tow. Uh, nope, mm-hmm. sorry, you can't have a standard transmission. So, yeah. I love the fix that they came out with where they, uh, they, they tell the, the ECU to not put out as much power. That way, oh, that, was, that was so stupid. <laughs> that way, the clutch doesn't get as hot. <laughs> it's, it's not the power that's the problem, it's, it's the function of the clutch. Yeah, yeah, but it's I mean, but I understand how that would clutch. work. I mean, it, that's akin to iPhone uh, slowing down the computer uh, to make the battery last longer. <laughs> They're not exploding at full throttle or anything else. That was just so dumb. It, it's just, it's all at a. I mean, everything that's happening is probably three thousand RPM below. Um, it, it's just so dumb. Well, 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 Will, can I call you Will or should I call you Mr. Clutch? MC. You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> well, Will, I, I hate this. <laughs> I mean, it was wonderful information that I got out of you, and I learned a lot, and our listeners have too. But we've run out of time to talk about okay. the, the products and stuff. We'll have to get you to come back. Uh, I'd love to. Yeah. So t- uh, tell all the kids out there, you know how the kids love the social media these days. Uh, where where all can they find uh, you or uh, the company or, you know, where, where can they go to, to find out more about uh, Obviously, all kinds uh, of things? McLeodRacing.com and then Instagram, you have McLeod Racing and uh, Facebook and all your other social stuff is McLeod Racing. Uh, mm-hmm. Me, I go by Will, Mr. Clutch. Uh, 
So, yeah, follow travels, follow, follow everything we're doing. Uh, McLeod's got, you know, more just Jeep stuff, and, uh, you know, but the, the Jeep is there, and that's why we call it the Adventure Series, because you never know where you're going to go. I'm really impressed with you guys handling the the whole drive line. That's really cool. I think that is a, it's nice from a, a, a one-stop shop type thing, and yeah. you, you'll expect those things to be integrated with one another. Uh, the the whole thing is going to be matched because uh, yep. uh, the way you're selling it and and if you guys are going to be replacing the uh, your clutch system in your your JK and you 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 you're not clear on how to get rid of the rattles, uh, I'm sure that you can contact customer support when you're making a a call. Sure. I mean, make a call in before you're ordering your clutch and find out exactly what you need from uh, from a cloud. So, Will, thank you very much for being with us uh, tonight. You. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly have to get you back on here and uh, we can uh, talk about some more of the products. Thanks for, you know, being so upfront and uh, informative. No, no problem. That's what we're here for. All right, man. Have a great night. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks again to Will Beatty of McLeod Racing. Visit their website right now, mcleodracing.com, M-C-L-E-O-D. R-A-C-I-N-G dot com, McLeodRacing dot com. This is a very interesting conversation with Will. I had no idea. Number one, I had no idea he was Mr. Clutch. (laughs) And number two, I had no idea that he had been working at Centerforce for so long, which makes the uh, the Clutch connection uh, uh, so so much more sense. So uh, fascinating. I'm glad we had uh, Will on. And again, much thanks to Will for being on and sharing with us all that information. Hey, coming up next week, Allison Parliament of DuckDuckOffRoad.com. You know who I'm talking about. This is the duck lady. We've had her on uh, two or three times before. Uh, Got more great duck information coming your way. That's uh, next week on our Friday interview episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Jeep Talk Show. I want to give a big thank you to our special guests for joining us today and sharing their knowledge and experience with the Jeep community. We truly appreciate your time and insights. Remember, we have four episodes a week and sometimes five, and it's understandable if you have missed past episodes. You can always find us on your favorite podcast platform or on our website. With over 800 episodes, there is plenty of Jeep Talk Show to entertain you. So until next time, keep on jeeping and we'll see you on the trails. Broadcasting since 2010.